رمضان نايتس on البيان راديو بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم dear brothers and sisters welcome to Ramadan nights we are live on this 18th night of Ramadan I'm your host Abu Abdul Rahman and I'm very pleased to be joined by my dear brother Dr. Omar Najarin Assalamu alaikum Dr. Omar Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh How are you today? Alhamdulillah. Insha'Allah, you are well. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Everything you look well. Good. You look like you're in a high level of preparation there. Subhanallah. Or revision or contemplating or? Uh, just going over a little nitty gritty, subhanallah, um, details, subhanallah, for today's topic, which is quite interesting and quite, quite vast. Yes. And the topic is evil in our pockets. But before we get to that topic, I would like to welcome all our listeners and viewers who are watching live on Al-Bayan Radio YouTube channel and ASWJ Australia. Uh, welcome and may Allah bless you all and uh, bless your Ramadan and bless the rest of your month. Now, Dr. Omar, evil in our pockets. What is that all about? Let's, if people haven't figured it out already, it's regards to our phones and the reason we say that is because as we know everything is created with a purpose and made for a purpose and if it wasn't for the intellect Allah SWT has given the human being then he's unable to design and make a phone so everything in the terms of intellect uh, inventions um, advancements and technology all come from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the human being's mind and ability, the capacity or the capability to do and the intelligence to do. But there's a saying in, we say there that the creation of evil is not evil, but that our desire is what makes it evil. Meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not create anything that is evil. However, it's a desire of the human being that makes that item to be evil for example fire Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he created fire fire is considered to be a means of heating your food cooking your food um, a means of warmth you know it has so many purposes subhanallah however if someone chooses to burn or harm another person uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that that fire is created for evil it's the human being that has used it for evil but it has the benefits of obviously goodness. But if someone were to use it towards harm, like a knife, a knife is a good instrument or good you know, tool to have. You can shape things, cut things, cut your food. You know, it has so many purposes, slaughtering, so forth. But if someone were to hold that knife and use it against another human being and kill him, then he has use that knife but through the desire of that human committing an evil act likewise the phone we know that the purpose of the original phone was communication from one person to another it was the step up from walkie talkies <laughs> or yes. say you can say the house phone which most people don't have a house phone these days subhanAllah um, so it was a step up from the house phone. The house phone was a step up from walkie-talkies or CB radios. And they were a step up from Morse code, I guess. And then that, that Morse code was a step up from using pigeons. <laughs> and that was a step up from running messengers from one city to another city. Um, so in essence, it's like in, you say in evolution. When we say in evolution, we say a progress through time that has led us to what we have now not just a phone we call them a smartphone because we're able to use them for a variety of different things in saying that the phone is actually destroyed at, like what we have today is destroyed other technologies for example no one really goes out anymore uh, and buys a camera it was a common thing everyone had you know a video camera or a, or a you know a normal Canon camera very rarely you find that these are necessary items these days because of the phone. Uh, GPS, 
before we used to buy GPS units. That's not necessarily necessary anymore because again, you have uh, you have the phone, even to the point of heart monitors, you have it into the phone. You need so many things, you know, radio. Uh, you know, the list will go on. You know, even now people are not even in need of computers, not even in need of laptops anymore, because most of the things that the laptop can do or the computer can do, a lot of times you can get into the phone to the point you don't even need to go to the bank to withdraw money. Or to send money or deposit money or whatever it may be. Deposit obviously you still need, but in a sense of most 99% of the things that you would need for transactions, again, it can be done on the phone. Even to the point now, licenses you don't have to carry. You've got digital licenses and you've got, you know, even ATM cards. You probably won't need them soon. Most people have them on the phone. What I mean is that pretty much there's an advancement. However, with every phone, with every ad- advancement, comes the desire of human beings to fulfill that progression in society towards evil. And that's a very sad fact. See, gunpowder, when it was originally discovered, was used for what purpose? It was mainly used for fireworks, for decorating, for entertainment. But then obviously means were used or intentions were used to get that get that technology and to re-emphasize where it could actually cause harm to other people. So again, desire of a human being makes makes things harmful. But there's Nadal, the problem that we have is that it's becoming an addiction. It's becoming an actual addiction. From research which figures between UK, America and Australia are pretty very you know, very similar, that they found the average person. Now, the average meaning it can be less or it could be more. Yep. Spends up to 4.1 hours on the phone. Now, a person say, I don't spend 4.1 hours on the phone. No, not 4.1 hours talking on the phone. You might spend 30 minutes to an hour on the, on the phone talking. You might spend half an hour emails. You might spend mm. another half an hour to an hour on social media. You might spend another half an hour, hour watching YouTube videos. So, on average... 4.1 hours Now if you don't Believe me Then There are apps That you can download That can track how much Time you spend on your phone Download it And put yourself to the test And see How much time You spend on the phone But we say on average From the research They found that A healthy amount of time To spend on the phone daily Is around 2 hours That's considered to be A healthy amount of time the most important thing is what we're actually doing on the phone. I'm sure you're going to get to it. You really got to yeah, take that into consideration because it's you know it's 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 actually how can we say replaced a lot of things, hasn't it? You know, like before diary, for example, where you organise your day, uh, beneficial books, uh, a radio, um, listening to Quran, yeah, we reading used to, Quran. We used to go in November so, to to the bookstore to buy the diary, yeah, for the next year to get it prepared. You know, like you said, everything it's it's so been replaced. It really does depend. I'm sure you're going to get to that. It really does depend on what you are doing on this so-called uh, smart device. Well, just to give you a little bit of figures. Now, the problem is with the device. I think the the evilest thing that's happened to it, where it's actually affected, is when the devices start to be connected to the internet. Because as we know, and I had my English teacher. I remember him, I find my woodwork teacher, uh, he had this statement that he said to us once or twice. He said, the world never knew how many sick people existed until the internet came out. Because the internet, you're able to track who's watching what and what people are searching and what people are involved in, what are people's interest. And he said, they never knew how much sick people are, exist in the world until the internet came out. And that is so true. Because there you see, you're able to statistically sort of know, you know, where the minds of the people are. What are people searching? What is people's interest? What are people focused on? What do people like to view? And unfortunately, it's not always, subhanAllah, things which enlighten the human being. It's actually very dark. I'm not going to get into that too much, but there are statistical figures out there that are absolutely shocking that has led to 
a lot of censoring. Even now, a lot of the social media have stepped up so much to censoring that even a video that shows blood can, gets taken off. Uh, I might have actually got a comment here that the the actual average in Australia is higher, 5.5 hours. Yeah. So I said 5.5 hours, yeah. even more than... Even the, more than the average that you mentioned. Yeah, I think it was 4 hours America, 4.1 UK, that's what I found, but 5 hours, yeah. 5.5 on average. If that's if that's correct, that's that's even a bit more. So um, here we go, Review reviews.org. We just got sent through. This got sent through. The average Aussie will spend almost 17 years of their life on the phone. That's 140, 145,800 hours over a lifetime, or 33% of their waking hours. And a person, again, like we're not saying there's four or five hours of bad time. Like now you're on your phone now reading the comment. That's classified of being on your phone. Yeah. You know, we're just giving a statistical figure. Inshallah, that four hours is in khair and in goodness. But unfortunately, it's, that's not all. The, that's not always the case. So, like I said, connecting to the internet, when phones start to connect to the internet, it caused a major issue because now uh, this is something that's in your pocket. It's secretive. You can pull it out in your car. You can pull it out in your house, in your room, in a dark place. It's something that you had complete secrecy and control over. Another comment here, Dr. Amr, before you continue on that point, um, and you can leave your comments for us on the ASWJ Australia Facebook page on our live stream there and also on the Al Bayan Radio YouTube channel in the chat section there. Leave it there and inshallah we will try to get to it. Another one here, screen time by generation. Um, so 1928 to 1945. Um it was, they call it the silent generation, I think. 2.8 hours. 946 to 1964, the boomer generation, I think they call it. 2.9 hours. That's the year that they're born in. Yeah. yeah. Generation X, 1965 to 1980. Oh, damn. I'm, just, I'm not Generation yeah, X. I'm Generation yeah. X anyway. Yeah. Six hours. I think here it's more TV time, you think, than the actual... Maybe screening time, yeah. Screen with, with the phone and TV, Possibly. I think. Yeah, because I don't think there was any phones in 1928. In no, I think if you're, born, if you're born in that time, so yeah. how old do you now? Oh, okay, yes, that's that's right. Yeah, now a bit slow there. Uh, 1981 to 1996, 1996, 6.7 hours. Generation Y, that's me. Yeah. Uh, and 1997 to 2012, Generation Z, 7.3 hours. And that's the daily average of screen time. So computer... TV, yeah. Facebook, or whatever, internet. So, like I said, when the internet hit the actual um, phones, a lot of things change. And then the issue of social media. Social media, the reason social media is pop, pop, popular is because it, it was actually inclined with human nature. Human beings like interaction, they like gossip, they like to know what's going on in people's lives. And they did this little bit of a social experiment and they pretended someone living in the 90s um, living his life as if he's on Facebook. So what he would do is that he'll call his friends every morning and say, guess what I ate today? Like, well, don't care what you ate. Then he'll call them at lunchtime and say, hey, you know what, by the way, you know, I've seen this painting, I'm just telling you that I like it. Like, well, we don't care. So they tried to do like a retro <laughs> um, pre-internet style of, of, of living on Facebook but not on Facebook. And they realized that a lot of things that people do um, it wasn't really an interest to people before before that time. So the question is, why now? And the element of not seeing the person but knowing what they're doing, it actually inclines the human being. He actually likes to know information about someone but not knowing that person is knowing that information. That sort of makes sense. A form of secrecy to it. Mm. Um so human beings sort of like that. So social media came in, it exploded. It exploded to the point where now they say Facebook is actually larger than some countries in, in the world. That's how, you know, the, 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 the amount of money they have and what they're worth and their net worth is more than the value of countries. That's how big it's actually become. So on average, we're talking about period. 
the time that someone logs in, how long they would stay on there for. For Facebook, the average time per session is about, and again, when you look at research, it depends where and what age group they looked at, but we're saying just generally what we found, uh, between 30 to 38 minutes per session. So someone That's logging really in to see what's going on, checking feeds or whatever, um, per session. It could be three, four sessions a day. TikTok, per session, is about uh, 10 minutes per session. Yeah, TikTok is not that old. It's pretty new. So It's pretty new. The reason fine. being is because how they distinguished it is Facebook is more interacting with friends, communicating with friends, so conversations will drag on. Well, Facebook, uh, TikTok is more like uh, quick views or quick feeds. And I guess it's the same for the other media like Snapchat and all, all the other stuff. Um, and they said Facebook, that someone can actually log in up to 13 times on average clicks or check-ins a day to go in and check. And that could be everyone's different, some 10, some 15, some whatever up to 13 times a day if you think about it that's quite a lot but that's checking in once every hour and a lot of people will check in once every hour especially if they hear a notification or a message or something going on whatsapp we got about 45 minutes daily or roughly about 18 hours of being on whatsapp every month now we just mentioned some of these statistics the issue that we've got is how much of it is really beneficial and how much of it is not beneficial. And really the reality is is that no one's going to be able to answer that question except for who? The user. Except the user. And if the user, if we want to, we see we need, a, we need a guide. A lot of times we don't have a guide, right? We need to know, okay, what's the guide here? How do I know that I should go to my phone and delete these social media or delete these apps or whatever it may be how do i know that something is too much well the question is let's go off some comparison let's go off the general rule that as allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about alcohol let's go off that example that it has some benefit however the harm outweighs the benefit so if the harm is outweighing the benefit that you're finding yourself spending too much time. You're finding yourself looking at fitna. You find yourself listening to fitna. It's not like by accident. These are things that are constantly is draining you and dragging you in. And you're not benefiting from lectures and lessons. And you can know this because what ends up happening is in your search, you're no longer seeing verses of the Quran. You're no longer seeing a hadith. What you're seeing is the previous searches that you've done, which is, you know, about rubbish or other things that you've checked into, when you find that these things are starting to take over, there has to be a point where you have to say, okay, now this is a fitna. And fitna, as we say, and fitna is a general term, fitna can mean a trial or tribulation that you've been tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or fitna could be a, a, a calamity or, or a, devi a deviance that has been pushed upon you by someone else to affect your deen or to affect your affect your iman and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he tells us al-fitnatu ashaddu min al-qatl that fitna right fitna is worse is worse than um than killing yani meaning that a person killing his soul or killing himself from inside that could be worse and then again like we said fitna can has various meanings but we want to use it in a general term. As, as Muslims as well, you have to make the most of our time. You know, time is either for you or against you. Yeah, and and even even when you, when you look at you know the Quran and the Sunnah, where time is held to such high importance, you know when Allah promises by it in Surah Al-Asr, for example, Al-Asr, it shows that time is important. Allah doesn't promise by anything and it has no benefit. Allah promises by things which are beneficial. And as we know, the Prophet ﷺ, he instructs us to take care of our time. Take care of five before five. And one of them is your free time before you get busy. And one of them is your young, your youth before you get old. 
and the other hadith, there are two great blessings that people take for granted and fast they lose out, and that is good health and free time. So the time, you know, there, there was a book I was reading once, and, and it's and it's called Qiymatul Waqti Anda Salaf, or a similar title to that, The Value of Time uh, to the Salaf, to the First Few Generations. And it just narrates reports on how they used to value time and how, you know, to the level that they would calculate their time to the minute how they're spending it. You know, even in our time, the great scholar of Hadith, Shaykh Al-Albani, rahimahullah, it was mentioned that he was he was like that. See, if you have an appointment with him, it's to the minute. Because he was so worried and concerned about maximizing his time on this earth because he had a lot of projects he wanted to get through, especially in the field of Hadith. So mm-hmm. let's look at ourselves you know, with our devices, with our screen time, you know, what are we doing? Is this time benefiting us or is it harming us? Mm-hmm. And even, even the Quran, the Quran is either for you or against you, for example. Your time is mm-hmm. either for you or against you. If you use it in the good, if you obey what, what you read in the Quran and you, you, know, t- you take care of Allah's commands and you keep away from prohibitions, the Quran is for you. Mm-hmm. Likewise, the the... The, the sayings of about free time, if if you have too much free time and you don't fill it with the good, it's just going to harm you because you're going to fill it with the evil. And they say free time is like a sword. If you don't use it wisely, it's just going to harm you. you know, and, 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 and the list goes on and on. And that's why, you know, when you're on this phone, make sure you use it wisely. You know, have you heard some people, Dr. Omar, you may know some information about this, how they actually give themselves... A time window to use their phone? Well, the thing is, I was going to, inshallah, get to uh, some practical things. That there are people that I know that as soon as they leave the house, their phone is in their car. As soon as they leave their house for work, they turn on their phone because it's work-related. As soon as they get home, they turn their phone off and they leave it in the car. So at 5 o'clock, they don't have a phone. And they say that the household, there is more joy and more happy. Because it's not just a rule for, for the father, it's a rule for everyone. Even now, some restaurants, what they do is they have this thing where if a group of people come, they give an option to lock all their phones. And they found the benefit of it is that people actually talk and communicate, which is normal. <laughs> but to us, it's not normal. Because... Even people, we see families when they go to somewhere to eat or whatever, every single person is on their phone. So it's definitely something that has to be controlled because it is an addiction. The funny thing is, is it really addiction if everyone is doing it? We don't tend to look at it as an addiction. But really the reality, it is because if you lose your phone or that phone is taken away from you, what happens? I call it short-circuiting. You you start to to short-circuit. Or if the internet goes down or the Wi-Fi goes down or your server uh, is not connecting or whatever, you start to have a heart attack. So that's how you know that there's an addiction. Because it's like, sorry to say, when a junkie doesn't get his drugs or a smoker doesn't get his cigarettes, he starts freaking out. That's what happens to a lot of people when their phone is not working or their battery is dead. They freak out. Oh my God, my battery is dead. What's going to happen? It's like the whole world uh, has actually ended for them. And you know what? It's it's good to try to practice. Now, you want to really put yourself to the test. I think at least try when you get home, leave your phone in your car. You know, leave a message maybe on there. Hello, assalamualaikum. Um, if my phone's off, then um, please, you know, send me a message. Or if they're, you know, whatever, uh, call the house phone, send me an email, whatever. Like try to um, avoid that on the, so if you can, on the bare minimum. If you find that it's too much of an addiction for you. Now, if you are able to control it, that's fantastic. Now, I'll tell you a story. I went to a phone store once. This is, I don't know, give it five years ago. When you go to a car yard, you expect the owner of the car yard to drive what? Best car. The best car. And normally that's the case. The most expensive car you see in the driveway is the owner the car owner, the, the, the car's owner, uh, the, the owner of the car yard, that's his car. 
So I went to this this brother that had a phone shop because I had I needed the repair done, and he's using this basic phone still with the buttons, not a smartphone, just a normal phone. And I just said as a joke, I just said to him, you know, I get you like you're using like you go retro, yeah, like you know you love using that phone. He goes, brother, this is my phone. Like, what do you mean this is your phone? He goes, no, no, this is my phone. He goes, I work with phones that I actually hate them. <laughs> you know, when you work with something so much, you actually end up hating it. He goes, I'm swiping, I'm repairing phones. I goes, I'm turned off phones. He goes, this is why I use this phone. He goes, what do I need? He goes, brother, what do I need it for? To make a call and uh, to make a call and receive a call. <laughs> Send a message. That's it. That's all I need. It because I'm around phones all day. I found that very interesting, subhanAllah. He's right. That he's actually turned off from phones. And then I said to myself, what, what a beautiful life this brother has. I would save so much problems. So many issues. Yeah, marriages broken apart, kids addicted with bad addictions at a young age, kids becoming antisocial. Brother, brothers and sisters, phones. likewise, they say, What's the problem you have with your husband? I talk to him, he doesn't answer because he's on his phone. Or she says, or he says, I talk to her and she doesn't answer because he's on her phone. What's the problem with the kids? I call them. It's like if someone had a heart attack in the house and the, the, the husband is dying and he's calling out help, everyone's on their phones. Everyone's on their iPads. Everyone's having screen time. The brain switches off. The brain, as if sometimes when there's an addiction, it's like getting high, it switches off. And there are some studies, there are certain images, there are certain things that trigger these pleasure receptors, Emotions. you know, endorphin yeah. receptors that trigger these, that cause not a high, but it's like person feels good, feels comfort. You know, like the, the, there's certain psychology, it's called addiction, right? That people during their childhood, as they grow up, they develop a certain type of addiction. Like, for example, uh, they found that this certain person that had toys, you know, toys are made of plastic. And so his addiction is he always has to either chew on a Lego or smell a plastic. It's his addiction. He can't. Mm, interesting. You know what I mean? Or he always has a bubble, always has to have a bubble gum in his mouth. It's a, Like, they we're talking about people, if you take this away, they're going, like, it's actual a medical condition where they end up having uh, addiction. You know, like another one was uh, they chew ice. They have this addiction 24-7. They just chew on ice. Chew on ice? Chew on ice because they have this addiction. They feel... How are their teeth going? Not good. <laughs> How you are you know? chewing on ice? They just always have to have... Crushing ice, you mean? Yeah, like teeth? they put on ice and they always have something cold. Yeah, they let it melt. They, they have to have... It's an addiction. Right, and then you have other people that, for example, you know, they they could be like we hear, for example, women that get craves and certain things, and then they get addicted to that. You know what I mean? Po even post giving birth, it develops an addiction. So what they say is that what happens? The brain wires itself to believe that this certain thing brings that comfort. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Brings that comfort. Likewise, the brain always wires itself that a certain thing, right, causes distress. Causes it distress. So what they did, again, these are all studies. They've done these psychology studies where they gave a child a, a, a mouse, a white mouse. And every time they gave this child this white mouse, they would bang like a metal object, like a drum or like, you know, there's metal dongs or whatever. And the baby will get scared and he'll throw the mouse. They've done that a few times to the point that anything that was white, the baby wouldn't hold it. He developed this phobia. Associated it with the banging sound? Banging sound and with the uh, with the actual mouse. And the color. And the color and so forth. So they said that the brain wires itself to either comfort or distress. Believe it or not, if I tell you, I experienced this in, like in Hajj, when brother's sleeping habits. I was surprised that some brothers, they they actually literally cannot sleep only if they have a pillow up against yes. their face. 
or between their legs. And if they don't, they they can't sleep. It's only their form of uh, form of comfort or a, or a, or a blanket or something as a child growing up as comfort. they grew up. A teddy bear or something. I don't know if I was gonna say that, but <laughs> you know, like it's um, it, it provides comfort to the person. What I'm leading to is that unfortunately, that is now coming to the phone. Okay. That that's become now for a lot of people mm. uh, a point of comfort. So when you're distressed, you've got anxiety, you've got depression, you're not feeling well. As soon as you open, and the light flashes. Uh, you automatic, automatically have this... Especially then if you get the likes and the... Form of... Yeah. These days, you know what? I realize people don't even care about likes anymore. Comments? What, it's, it's, it's more now that... I don't, I don't Like, people are now intrigued with other people's lives. Mm. It's become a point... That's why TikTok, we say, mentioned about TikTok becoming so popular because it's short entertainment. It's becoming a large point of entertainment now. It's no longer a social media where people are socializing. It's more, okay, can I make you laugh and can you make me laugh? You know what's interesting is what they call them social media influencers. So, yeah, like these days... The, tell you something? It says on the news, he's a, he's a YouTuber. Uh, she's um, an Instagram model. Not a model, Instagram model. Um, she's a TikToker. Like uh, this guy was speeding, the guy on TikTok caught speeding because he's made a few TikTok videos or whatever. Like, or you know, uh, as one of them is known, he's known to be a Snapchatter. The other one, a few days ago, the one in the news copped the acid in the face. Yeah, known Instagram, yeah. Instagram or social media influencer. I don't even know. Yeah, he, it's a, it's, it's a very dangerous that these people, these are the, the worst models, of society, yeah? are becoming now. Uh, influences and you might, people might think the influence is not great. No, they they have very strong influence 100%. to the point where now uh, advertising companies um, target them. You know, if someone's got a million followers or whatever, yeah. just them wearing their brand Ads or their type of shoes, yeah. yeah, or whatever it may be, they become ambassadors for the brand, brand yeah. ambassadors. And I can't remember was it was there was the first social media. Um, hype was I can't remember which brand it was, um, but it was a proof that social media can create viral hypes. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, to the point where, yes, it was a music festival, right? It was only social media based. So they organized this huge music festival in the Bahamas and it was only advertised on social media. It sold out within like a day or two luxury five star this that whatever and the hype was so much and they had a plane one plane dedicated to take the people there and the thing is they didn't have accommodation they didn't have anything or they had they set up all these tents they didn't have catering proper catering didn't have nothing it was like four thousand five thousand dollars a ticket but their videos and the insta their whatever social media it looked like some high class you know what I mean? Getaway, music festival, whatever. But so what they, it's just like a music festival. They have like three, four days of singers coming. But what it is is, <sighs> what it proved, what it proved, is social media with actually they had no footage, they had no catalog, they had nothing. It was just a point of proof that it can social media can create so much hype that people will drop four thousand dollars on a ticket to go somewhere they have absolutely. No idea about. Yeah, I mean, we've spoken about you know the ills of, of you know the evil in our pockets, social media, the phone, screen time, and, and this claim. Before we speak about practical advice and how to control it, is there is some positive influences on there, just as there is some negative influences on there. No doubt that predominantly it's a lot of evil and a lot of bad influences out there, but there are positive influences who are doing a lot of good on these platforms. So we have to. Uh, make that known and it's not all doom and gloom I guess it's like that if you want to put that comparison to the worldly life um, you have a pub haram next door to the pub you have the TAB haram sometimes they're in the same place yeah you know that next time (laughs) we'll check it out Um, next to that you have a news news agency which is scratch me happy and lotto almost extinct but keep going haram Next door, you have a butcher that sells pork, which is 
also haram. Then you got the good old borlo, what do they call it? The alcohol stores, shops. Yeah. We go in what they call Dan Murphy's and I don't know, Coles got one. Liquor one, liquor one yeah. stores, which is again haram. Next that you got a bank offering home loans, right? Which again is also haram. Next to that you have a massage parlor, which is haram. Next to that you have a hair extension shop. Like medical massages and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we're not talking we're talking non medical. Okay. We're talking one of those ones. You have hair extensions shop. And I was actually driving past one of the suburbs. This is what I saw, which is haram. Then you have eyelashes, uh, eyebrow, whatever, waxing and whatever, laser and waxing eyebrows and that, and eyelash extension, which is, again, haram. What I'm trying to say to you, if you look at the strip of shops, majority of them are haram. And then along there you have what? So you just basically move all that line up. You just put and put it. Online and you probably get the same percentage. Same thing. And then you have a message in between. So even on the day-to-day world that we live in, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like you have around the masjid mm. is surrounded by so much haram. You know what I mean? Like you might have a message next door. You might think it's an innocent news agency, but it's sending uh, gambling, lo- lottery tickets. You know what I mean? So it's saying that social media, I guess, is exactly the same thing. You, just like when you go into the masjid, you have to walk past all these shops and you go to the masjid. No one says to you, it's haram to walk to the masjid. You know what I mean? You don't walk through the RSO club, obviously. But you walk on the street, it's there, you see it, you ignore it, you keep walking, and you enter your masjid, you pray and you leave. Same thing with social media. You bypass all that to your beneficial Islamic classes, whatever it may be, and then you exit and you ignore everything else. I don't know if that's probably a good example to say, but what I'm saying is that everywhere you go, even if you want the halal, unfortunately, you know, as the brothers have said, he goes, well, I went to Hajj. He goes, I almost, I went to Hajj. He goes, I almost lost it on the way back. Because I was coming back to Dubai. We go spend one or two days in, in, in Dubai. And we went obviously into the heart of, he goes, it was party, life. Because I realized, like, you've got to be very cautious, it's very bad, careful. Bad trip management there. But very bad trip. But it, it happens to a lot of brothers. Fire his travel agency there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, we've got it. Habibi, there's, there's a lot of other places you can go yeah. in the Emirates that, 100%. you know, 100%. that can benefit. So what we say to people is, unfortunately, even to the traveling to the halal or to organize the halal or to even feel good things, um, there's going to be, even, 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 there are stories about Sahaba, more in the tabi'in and things like that when they were traveling and as they were traveling they'll meet a woman masala on the side of the road that will call them towards zina she say, where are you going for example come I will you know service you or whatever and they would you know send her back or they would come across a, a fortune teller on the way saying I would read your fortunes oh I forgot to mention fortune teller in the, in the shops yani, there are temptations on that journey, on that way, there's going to be a lot of things that can come and can influence you towards haram. But a person thinks to himself that Allah does not exist within, yani in the knowledge, Allah doesn't know about what happens on Facebook, Allah doesn't know what happens. Allah knows everything. Just like it's haram on Facebook, it's haram in the dunya, it's haram on other social media platforms. Like backbiting is backbiting. Be it you said it to your brother, be it you wrote it, be it you put it as a, 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 in his message in his message, where no one else sees it except for except for another person, it's all considered to be backbiting. All of it. Zina, zina is not just physical. Zina is also through other parts of your body, through the eyes, through the ears, through the mouth. So in saying that, you know, a person will say, "Oh, I'm not really looking at a woman; it's really a screen." Uh, uh, yani you, as because you hear this argument sometimes, it says another. No, no, it's just a screen. I'm not physically looking at... We say, well, okay. Let's give you this example then. Let's give you this example. If you were to see a woman undressed, not directly, but her reflection through a mirror, would you say that is okay? You'd say no. But you're only looking at the mirror. You're not looking at her. 
But that's not the point. The point is you're seeing her as a reflection. That's the person that you see. Reminds me of the guy who's watching the ball and the two tennis, two female tennis players playing. Remember that one? He's watching the ball. He's watching the ball, not the two t- female tennis players. All <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. people that come up with was one of the brothers. All I bumped into one of the brothers the other day, and he told me a story. You gotta make excuses. Oh, I'm not gonna make yeah, excuses. Allah, all day. Yeah, hey, this story. You gotta be true with yourself. Be real. Hey guys, he was with a relative who was going to Lebanon, and this relative is a little bit religious, you know. And then on the plane, he was. Uh, that's right. That's right. He ordered alcohol. Drinking of the alcohol. And you. then uh, he goes to his, his, I don't know, relative, uncle, or something. He goes, "Oh, what are you doing? You know, this is why are you ordering alcohol." He goes, "Listen, he goes, it's haram fi al-ard, but lahna fi sama. Yani, it's haram on the ground, but we." <laughs> yeah, in the sky. Dr. Omar, we've mentioned, you know, the ills, the cons. Let's let's move on to control. Now, what's some practical tips in 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 avoiding the evil on these platforms and using it in good, and also some some advice on controlling yourself and benefiting from from your time. If you can't control it, get rid of it. That's the, that's, the that's straight the principle. out. That's the principle advice. And if you don't need it, don't have it from the beginning. That's the reality of it. I'm sorry to say. You know what I mean? I've always been a big preacher and a big influencer in the term uh, influencer, encourager. You are an influencer, inshallah, too good. Faddal. Um, to, to always remind people that, you know what, really, really technically these things we probably don't need, we can get away without. Um, that's the truth. I don't need to know what Ahmed ate and I don't know what need to, the Ali's doing and I don't need to know what, you know, this guy, subhanAllah, pictures with his wife yani I need to sat there on him and his wife so I avoid all that type of stuff and I think I said to you this before is that the issue of seeing people and what they get up to and if they're seeing their life on this platform um, so even on the day of judgment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings you into his nur and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala judges you and shows you your actions if you're a believer and Allah covers your actions and protects your evil actions and he forgives you. And he says to you, just like I protected you and I covered you in this world, I'm going to protect you and cover you and forgive you for your actions. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honors the Muslim by protecting his wrongdoings. But then we expose it to the whole world. Mm-hmm. And someone said this, Nadal, and it's the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life in the terms of social media. It's the problem with social media is that when you're dead, it continues. That's right. It's not your sadaqah jariyah, it's the opposite of sadaqah jariyah. Your evil continues. And who owns your photos, who owns your account, who owns everything? Facebook. Every post that you, every picture you put is copyrighted by the platform that you post on. They own it. That becomes their property. So a hundred years from now, your great, 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 whatever grandson wants to know about who you are and what you are and what you did. He might be able to log in to Facebook, put a request, and have all the evil and bad things that you've ever done. These things are not needed. So, so um, first if, step is if you can't control it, if get you can't rid control of it. it, get rid of it. The second thing is if it becomes an addiction, addictions are something that you actually need help. You need to win yourself. And how do we get rid of an addiction? Is that you replace it with something else? So, for example, if you can't get yourself off Facebook, you can't get yourself off, try to find something that has less fitna. For example, brothers have said to me, listen, bro, I got off Facebook and I got into like Pinterest, whatever it is, which is mainly like hobbies and arts and craft or whatever, to try to wean themselves uh, off or try to replace the actual addiction because sometimes it becomes really, really strong for a person. Maybe enroll yourself in more Islamic classes. Keep yourself busy. Employ yourself, be busy. Maybe in, indulge yourself in more uh, da'wah activities. You know, if you like being on the computer, maybe offer your services of, if you are you have knowledge of audio, visual, whatever. A lot of things that you can actually Let do. Let us know here at Bayan Radio. We'd love to have you. There you go. We need someone, visual Cameras expert. The more help, the better. Um, yes, help our, our, our tech team are doing an excellent job, but they need help as well. The more hands, qualified hands we have, the better. So try to replace that addiction with something else. The third would be 
if you're finding that's affecting your deen and your religion, you know, there's there's a someone once um they get they quoted the verse from the Bible um to a to a Christian and he said, you know, Jesus said or Moses said one of them that if your eye causes you sin, pluck it out, and if your ears cause it, whatever, like, you know, if your hand causes you to sin, chop it off. And uh, the priest was was saying that, because we're saying, you know, he was saying that, look, like, you have to avoid the wrong. So the Muslim was saying that we have this, I'm just, because the background story is actually nice, because of the discussion, mm. and the priest agreed that, subhanAllah, Islam has a solution to avoid the wrong, because all they do is they enjoy a lot of the good, but they don't prevent Evil And it's saying Literally it doesn't mean To pluck out your eye And doesn't literally mean Cut off your hand What it means is that Cut yourself from these things That are going to cause you To fall into actual sin To the point that If you have to uh, Seclude yourself in your home And not leave your home Because you're in fear Of committing sin When you leave Then abide to your house And seclude yourself In your house So what the Muslim was saying Is that us Muslims we avoid the haram by avoiding every track and every path that leads towards haram. Because this is the difference between what the Quran teaches us and what, masalan, you know, the the Old and New Testament teach us, is that we don't just prohibit the things that are haram; we prohibit the pathways that lead to them. For example, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Wala taqrabu zina, innahu kana fahishatan wasaasabila." Don't come near zina. Don't come near it. Doesn't say don't commit it. Don't come near it because it's an evil and abhorrent act. Meaning every path or any path that may lead towards it, avoid. Even with alcohol, stay away. Doctor Amr, we've got some input here from our dear brother Adnan, who's a self-proclaimed expert on the topic. He reckons Adnan is Sheikh. But uh, Adnan, he's the host of the Muslim or one of the hosts of the Muslim Allah Mindset Allah. Podcast. Allah yafadu. One of the regulars on Albayan Radio over the years, he 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 suggests or he advises regarding this topic of social media and, and screen time and these devices. You can use screen time to minimize your phone usage. I think now there's there's apps that allow you to control how much time you spend on there. Uh, he also advises that you set yourself a time limit. Mm-hmm. Also, he advises delete all social uh, media apps or social apps on your phone. And organize a time. Every night at 9 or 9.30, I get 30 minutes to check my socials, and that's it. Socials, that's a new word. Yeah, he's given 30 minutes. That's pretty good. His must be generation, what? Uh, are we back to A? <laughs> I think he's the early 20s, Adnan. Generation Z? <laughs> I don't know. Also, he says, check social media on your computer for a set time. That way, you aren't addicted on your phone. That's a good advice there. Yeah, I have the computer somewhere computer. in the public, uh, in the area where yeah, it's that's high the, traffic. Yeah, that's that's good for kids as well and, and, and teenagers. Have uh, public access to the computer. Have the computer in, a, in in an open room, not in a private room. Yeah. And that's something, even for adults, you know, especially for younger kids, teenagers, and, uh, nothing private in the rooms. Everything open. Yeah. All device use openly. And in the end of the day, we have to really, you know, allow or try to implant into our kids the mm. mara, the 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 advice, the awareness. We have to advise them that they should be aware that Allah sees everything. Yes, you can hide from me, you can hide from you, you can hide from your mother, your father, your brother, your wife, your husband, whoever it may be, your teacher at school, your principal, but you can't hide from Allah. Allah sees it all, He hears all, and everything is recorded, and you have to face Him on the day of judgment, and you don't want to, you know, face a lot on the day of judgment and you are good in front of all the people, but behind closed doors on this device, on this evil device, which it can be, you've ran amok in terms of on haram, haram songs, haram images, haram movies, backbiting, gossip, gambling even. We don't want to even Just touch remember, on that, those apps. Remember that the, what do you call the street of all the haram. You can either 100%. go into any door you want, and that's all accessible on your phone and more, or you can go straight to the masjid and straight back. The fourth point I had was an interesting one. <laughs> is link your social media to someone else, to your wife or to your mother, <laughs> yeah. um, or to your friend or someone where you both know what you're searching and looking, and that way that's a deterrent for you. 
um, where you, someone's actually going to pull you up. I say, bro, what are you doing? And I had someone that had this, that had um, a shared account, and he could see everything that the other person is doing. So it was sort of, it was a good filtering sort of thing to help. And honestly, number five, I think the most important thing to understand is that social media is not a need. The phone, the phone in itself, the reality is it's not a need. It's not an essence of life. It's not something that you're going to die without. It's a want and it is a luxury. It is a luxury. And it is something that helps us in business. It's a, I think it helps us in family connections. It's something that there is benefit there, like we said. And like we also mentioned, is that it's nothing wrong with it. It's a good invention. It's a good initiative. But you choose to walk into one of the other stores, meaning if you choose and you desire to use it for something else, then you're the one that's going to be harming yourself. And I'll just let you know now is that the majority of people in jail, and I don't, I don't, um, like if I'm corrected, then it's only maybe out of ignorance, but it's only through just light research and I haven't really gone in depth in it. But the majority of people in jail are in jail because the evidence that got them there was on their phone. Their phone was tracking what they where they were, what they were doing, who they were talking to, what drug deals they were making. Uh, no doubt, Allah Alam, if it's majority or not, Allah Alam, and no doubt, has a, it's in our time now, it's a massive, massive uh, proof massive evidence against against um, criminals shouldn't be doing crime in the first place. But no doubt, this is a you know, and and likewise, as it's used against them today in the court of law and the courts of these laws here in these countries and everywhere now. Uh, it will be used against you on the day, on of, day judgment. of judgment. So what we're saying is, uh, in a in way, it's good it. in it's catching criminals, but I'm just using as an example that the phone goes so deep that it, it, everything of your life, the good and the bad, is is in this device. So would you want to show this device to the entire world? Because if you do end up getting in trouble for something, then unfortunately everything in here in court, in front of everyone, it actually gets exposed. All your searches, all your conversations, everything. How would you like it if there were things on there that when your wife is sitting or your children are sitting in court and they're seeing all this evil and corrupted things that was going on, all this dark web stuff and, and black market and I don't know, whatever. And like we said to the brothers, if you can't control it, if you can't, if you find that there is a problem with it, as anything, any harm, any evil that enters your house or yourself or your heart, you block it and you push it away. Don't test yourself. Don't, don't, you know, there's a saying that don't test your iman. A lot of people, we put our iman to the test. Why, why should you put your iman to the test when you don't know when that test you pass off, when's the point you'll pass or fail? You keep pushing, you're pushing. Islam never tells you, put yourself to the test. A guy, for example, is that, you know, works in an environment with, with a lot of women. Okay, I'm fine. I'm strong. Don't test yourself. Don't test yourself. The shaitan wants you to think that you're bulletproof. A Muslim should never, ever, ever believe that he's bulletproof. You are weak. Mankind is created weak. He is a very, very weak creation. Very weak. Adult. I'll tell you how weak the human being is. Oh, if you're with a brother and you're walking outside your house, just as a joke, I'm just giving an example to show you how much a human being is weak. And you act like you walked into a spider web or you got a spider on you. You ah, got a spider on me. That brother's going to start jumping up and down too. Over a spider, like something small. He's going to freak out. Why? Because do we know anyone that's died by a spider bite? I don't know anyone. Do we know anyone that's ever been to hospital because of a spider bite? No. But because of one possible story that we heard in some, you know, time growing up that, you know, someone was bitten by a spider, ended up in hospital, whatever. That's how rare it is. But just the fact of that can harm me, something so small can harm me. All right, this is a spider. and This is a prank. 
Then what about something that can destroy your marriage? Destroy your household? Destroy your family? Destroy your children? Destroy everyone that you love and everyone that everyone that you know. It's right in your pocket. It's up to you. It comes back to you. You're an adult. You're a civilized human being. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told you what's halal, what's haram, what's right, what's wrong. Everything's been laid out. The Prophet spoke about the end of days, spoke about the fitna, spoke about the Prophet said a fitna would enter every household. What it is, that's to your interpretation. But it's quite obvious what it may be. Be very, very cautious. Be very cautious. Because when I go to third world countries, Ya Astaz Nadal, and we see people that don't even know what a TV is, don't know what a phone is, they are the most happiest people on earth. They're the most happiest people. They can't, com- they can't look on the internet and compare, oh, that's what that person, there's no point of comparison. They're happy, they're content. Has ever you've been to a place where there's no electricity, no phone, and you find the people depressed? The ones that are depressed, unfortunately, is the ones that are always on their phones. You know, it reminds me of the uh, the old Im- the image that went viral once not too long ago. They had the old phones, you know, connected to the wall, and the the headset is um you know got that old chain looking like <laughs> wire or cord there, and it says uh, before they were chained, you know, now we're chained to them, you know, now we're chained to the phones as before. The phones were chained. Uh, and as as Muslims, as servants and slaves of Allah, what are we a slave of? A slave of the phone? Is that what controls our every movement? Is that what makes us happy, makes us sad? Is that what controls what we're going to do during the day? You know, we get how much hours we're going to spend on our phone? Or what Allah has ordered you to do, being a Muslim. And a Muslim is someone who carries out the commands of Allah, avoids the prohibitions. A Muslim is the one who is always seeking the pleasure of Allah in every action that they perform. And really ask yourself, dear brother or dear sister, when you're on this phone, you're doing whatever you're doing, is this action pleasing to Allah? Are you willing, are you ready to make the action you're doing, the last action that you do on this earth? Because you never know. You could be, it could be your last action. You could be scrolling, watching what you shouldn't be watching, listening to what you, you shouldn't be listening, typing what you shouldn't be typing, and... Angel of death comes to you and you die on that moment. Imagine that scene for a second. You're there. Allah give us a long life and good iman and a good ending. But just imagine, you know, you're there, the screen, the phone has fallen on you and it's your phone is open and someone finds you in that scene. And the majority of the time you die, image. regardless of what situation, your phone is going to be left behind. 100%. And even worse than that, Dr. Omar, it's not what the people are going to think. It's what Allah knows we're doing. You want to face Allah like that? You know, what you die upon, you should be raised upon. You want to die upon evil and haram, especially our youth. A lot of our youth are very secretive with their phones. You know, from their body language, you can tell they're up to something. You know, they don't want their parents to see what they're doing and they're very secretive and the phone is on silent. You don't ever know when the phone rings. (coughs) They're so active on it, it's not funny. And this is their life. And we don't want to go drag into the negativity once again, but make every moment you have, whatever it may be, wherever it may be, whatever you are doing, a moment of obedience to Allah. And we'll finish with this, Dr. Omar. Your life is three parts. We've mentioned it many times, but I always find it uh, important, this this reminder from one of the Salaf, and I think it's Imam Shafi, but I'm not 100% sure from memory. Your moment, your life is three moments. The past, that's gone. The future, that's yet to come. Mm. And now. So make now, if you're using your phone, whatever you're doing, make now a moment of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is what this is what is in the end of the day. Don't let it control you. You control it. Let Allah control you. You're a slave of Allah, not your phone. You're not a slave or really a victim of the social trends and all the haram that's happening on social media and fashions and and what's going, what's trending. You're a slave of Allah. Islam is what dictates how you should live. Not what's popular, what's this or what's that. Islam, Islam, Islam. Allah is our Lord. He is the one we worship. He is the one that created us for his worship. So we should live in his obedience. And our example, our role model, 
person we should emulate in our daily life is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why we have to live according to La ilaha illallah so we can die according to La ilaha illallah and be raised from its true uh, from its true followers. We ask Allah to give us a good ending. Amen. Dr. Umar, any final words? That's it. Barakallahu feek. I thank you for being with us and Dr. Umar will be with us again uh, soon. I'd like to thank all the brothers and sisters who tuned in. Please share away uh, our our uh, this episode and all that you come across on Al Bayan Radio. Wa jazakum Allahu khairan. Wa salamu alaykum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa salamu rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.